Father God, I do pray that your spirit would be heavy upon us for the rest of the morning. I pray that you would change us all a little bit before you go. I pray that you would impart to us that which we need. I pray, Lord, that you would give us that which we need to give away. Uh, We're here for you, and uh, we love it that you're here for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, I am a lot of things, a complicated basket of stuff. But one thing I am, perhaps first and foremost, is a believer. I am a believer. And if you want to understand me at all, you have to understand that I have faith. I have this thing called a faith. Specifically, I have faith in a good God. Not just a God that exists, but a God with a particularly good and loving character. And my life, my values, and a fairly large proportion of my daily behaviors flow from my faith in a good and, gov- and, and loving God. And I would say that a lot of it flows from that alone. That's what I mean when I say I'm a believer. And this means for me that believing is a very vital life skill. It is perhaps the most vital capacity that I have, and I've really dedicated myself to doing it well, which is important because I don't think I do it well naturally. It's not something that just naturally uh, flows out of me. I have to think a lot about what it means to be a believer, to flow in faith. I really want to master faith. Give me an amen if you're with me. I want to move in faith. I want to love in faith. And, and I want to share my faith in the world. I want to be salt and light, which is what Jesus has called me to be. You know, Jesus never calls a person except he calls that person to purpose. And my purpose in Jesus isn't just to think that Jesus is really cool. My purpose in Jesus is to be salt and light in the world, to illuminate that good and loving character of God for all the earth. I want to share my faith. How about it? Yes? I know a lot of you are with me on that, and I hope to God to do that purpose really well in the world. Uh, and I've been trying to do it well uh, for, for a long time, growing in it, failing in it sometimes. Uh, I remember a conversation that I had right before Sony and I moved back to the island. We were living in Boston at the time, and, and we were hosting a dinner uh, for a friend who brought a friend of a friend, uh, and this friend would have described himself as a non-believer. Uh, and uh, after dinner, I uh, was just sitting in our living room, and I was chatting with him. Uh, and it was part of the reason for the dinner. I said, Jordan, you're, uh, my friend said, Jordan, you're good, good with faith, so have a conversation with my friend. So we were just sitting in the living room. Now, about that time, I was, if you know my personal history, I was crawling out of what I call my great depression. Uh, I've struggled with depression in my life, and, and uh, I held on to God during my years of great depression. You know, they took a toll on me, and that was, you know, a very tumultuous and interesting time uh, in my life. Uh, this was, um, it started about 20 years ago. And the story I tell is, I don't know, long about 15 or 16 years ago. Um, and, and I think my battle with depression was telling. Like, I mean, you could look at me and kind of see it uh, in one way, shape, or form. And yet, I was holding on to faith, and I was doing my best to share faith uh, with this uh, young man whom I was ministering that, that evening, and I think the conversation went well. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty clever. And I talk well. 
uh, about uh, the things of faith, at least on occasion, not on Sunday mornings as a rule, but other times in informal settings, I can speak fairly well uh, about these things, and I think I articulated faith well and reasons for believing. I did the whole bit. I did the whole nine yards, and, um, and, I, and I really think the fellow found it compelling. And then toward the end of the conversation, uh, you know, he said that to me. He said, what you say, Jordan, is, is very compelling to me. And I can't really argue with it. But if you don't mind me saying so, your faith doesn't seem very powerfully, doesn't seem very powerful if it makes a little difference in how you feel in life. Because he could tell, you know, that I had been struggling with depression. I had been transparent about that. Now... I could have said any number of things at that point. You know, I could have said even people of faith have legitimate struggles. Uh, even if people of faith uh, can, uh, can get sad because there's true tragedy uh, in the world. Um, but I realized in that moment that while I had done a great job, thank you very much, of sharing about faith, I had done a lousy job of sharing faith. And there's a big difference. Uh, and that's the difference that I'd like to talk about this morning. But before we get to uh, the main event, we have to warm up. Everybody roll your shoulders. We have to warm up. We've got to do some quizzes. We've got to do some exercises because church is an aerobic affair. All right. Pop quiz. Question number one. Fill in the blank. Always be Always be discipling. Good. Question number two, a little diff more difficult. Discipleship is follow through. Discipleship is follow through. Bonus question. Discipling is follow up. Following up. Yeah. Discipleship is follow through and discipling is follow up. Uh, quick question. Can or no can? Thank you very much. I will accept that. Uh, the most contagious thing about you is... The most contagious thing about you is attitude. It's probably the most powerful thing as well. You are going to spread whatever attitude you happen to have. Gatson spread an attitude uh, at the restaurant the other night, and he changed the atmosphere in which he was working. Faith is spelled... Faith isn't spelled try. Faith is spelled T-R-Y. Come on, people. I'm going to ask that one again. Faith is spelled T-R-Y. Been around Blue Water any length of time. You should know this. It's on the T-shirt. Well done. Well done. Uh, this from last week. Faith is an attitude. I'm going to ask Gatson. Gatson, faith is an Thank you, sir. Faith is an attitude, an angle, an approach to things. That will figure into the sermon this morning. So let's do this exercise. Everybody stand up where you are. Uh, turn to the person next to you, the person behind you, whatever. And here's your assignment. Here's your assignment. Everybody listen in. Share some attitude. You've got 15 seconds. Go.
All right, all right, good job. They have a seat. That's kind of that's my, my highest vision for church, yeah, just coming together and we just sort of share some attitude. Who was good at it? Who was good at sharing? Who was? Well, Gatson was, of course. How, how did you share attitude, Gats? Go ahead, the model, model for us. Yeah? Uh, I, saw, I saw Julian sharing some attitude. Come on, stand up and, and share some attitude. Come on, come on. Don't let, don't let the old guy steal the show. Come on. Because you managed to sneak in some sarcasm, I will accept that. Thank you very much. One of the ladies, one of the ladies, come on, who, who did it well? Who did it well? Come on. You're not going to let the guys steal the thunder. I, I like, I like the, the pec flex. That was, that, was, uh, that was powerful and potent. All right. Thank you for sharing attitude. Question is, how do you go about sharing your faith? How do you go about sharing your faith? And if you're kind of with me, that, that faith is, you know, maybe best defined as sort of the attitude that you bring to things, uh, then you would be asking yourself, well, what's the best way to share attitude or what's the best way to share the sort of attitude that we call faith? You see, there's a difference between sharing your faith and sharing about your faith. So before we started the sermon this morning, if I would have asked you, what's the best way to share faith? What's the best way to share your faith? What would you have thought of? T talking about, about what? Talking about faith. Talking about God. Testimony, uh, sharing stories, that's a great one. Demonstrate faith, how so, Andy? By stepping out and doing it meaning taking some sort of risk in some sort of otherworldly way. That would be great. All great answers. All good blue water answers. What else? Anybody ever been, like, trained in evangelism and stuff like that? Yeah. And, and what do you get trained to do? You get booklets. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. To ask questions. I'm a big believer in asking questions. Uh, what's that? You get a script. You get a script, yeah. And you get some scriptures uh, probably to share so that you can explain. But, you know, basically, uh, I think there's a model that, that uh, a lot of us have experienced that to share faith, you explain why you believe what you do, which is different than sharing faith itself. Are you following me? Right? There's explaining why you believe what you do, why you believe what you do about God, and then there's just bringing faith. Uh, what's more important? You know, what's, what's more powerful and changeful in, in the world? Well, I, you know, it kind of depends how you look at it. Uh, but what I want to underscore is the necessity of sharing faith in the world, just faith itself, not explanations about why you have it, but just just the faith. 
you know? If we're the salt of the world, we don't explain what salt is. We don't explain what spice is. We just flavor things. If we're the light of the world, we don't explain light. Nobody can. Photons, waves, we don't know, right? We don't talk about light. We just expose things. We reveal things because that's what light does. We give color to things. You understand? And I think that is the best definition of what it means to share faith. And I think that that is really our chief calling as salt and light in the world. And I just, I just want that to be really clear uh, among us. And in that sense, it's helpful for me to think of faith as an attitude or to think of faith attitude. Because really, that's the thing about us that is the most contagious. That's the thing that travels, and that's the thing that we bring most powerfully into any restaurant in which we work, any office or any classroom we inhabit, any house in which we live. We bring the faith attitude. We bring an attitude of power, as we talked about last week. And, and, and you know, explaining why you have the faith that you have, well, that's really important, too. We have faith in God. We have faith that God is a certain way. He has a certain character. He's filled with love and, and, and eagerness and goodness, and very important to get that message out. But the thing that makes that message powerful is the faith that precedes it and wraps it. That's our chief ministry in, in the world. Sharing faith, I think, is primarily about sharing the bold and powerful attitude that arises from what you believe in, right? It's the attitude that goes with uh, the belief, if that makes sense. I'm playing with words a little bit here, but hopefully, you know, the point carries nonetheless. Or I'll put it this way, unless your belief has some attitude to it, then it's not really faith. Does that make sense? I wouldn't want to, like, make a huge theological thing about that statement, but... Does it make sense? Unless your belief carries some attitude with it, it's not faith. Or you certainly are not ministering uh, faith to the world. I think belief without power attitude is sometimes even, even a little bit harmful. You know? Like James says, hey, even the devils believe in the one true God, and it makes them shudder. It makes them freak out. They have all the belief in the world, but the improper attitude about it. Or me, as I was witnessing to that young man years ago, I think I explained things really well. I compelled him toward a certain belief, but then disqualified it at the end by bringing in an attitude that was in some way toxic. An interesting thing to think about. How does one share attitude? Well, attitude is, what is it? I mean, it's, it's your angle toward thing. Technically, if you're talking to a pilot, you know, flight attitude is the angle that the plane is taking towards something, a certain angle of approach or direction of approach. And I think, really, that's what attitude is. It's like, how are you approaching things? Are you approaching things negatively? Are you approaching things positively? Are you approaching things energetically? Are you approaching things passively? You know, you can tell. You can tell right away. Are you engaged or are you disengaged in any particular moment? Are you important? approaching things seriously, lovingly, eagerly, or the opposite. You get the idea. You can always tell what a person's angle of approach is. And some of us have an angle of approach to life that is just abidingly toxic. I mean, 
not you, but maybe some people that you know. Uh, everybody has someone in the workplace that just brings the toxic attitude, right? It's like it's their job, you know? And, and your job, of course, is to bring an attitude of power that releases people from that, that frees people uh, from that. Uh, if, if, you know, I could put words to it, I'd say that, you know, faith attitude is, is the thing that says something great could happen here right now. God could empower something great here. Right here, in this situation, for these people, for you, God could empower something great right now. And if you feel like that, then I think, you know, invariably you are moving in a, in a, in a faith attitude. And... That's a statement that the world needs to hear or to feel, to experience in some fashion. Uh, Jesus said to the father who had brought his sick little boy to him for healing, when the father says, if you can do anything, help me, what does Jesus reply? Matthew 9, excuse me, Mark 9, Matthew 17. Hey, everything is possible for him who believes. It's like, well, you know, Yes, I'm willing, but could you give me some attitude to help? You know, everything is possible for him who believes. Come on, come on. Are you with me? Vintage Jesus. He did that all the time. I kind of see him going through the world saying, come on, God is good. Give me some attitude. Let's do this thing. That is my summation of Jesus' ministry on earth. Thank you very much. Go ahead, write that down. You don't have to really read scripture. I didn't go to seminary. <clears throat> Everything is possible uh, if, 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 you, if you believe. And that's really a statement about attitude, isn't it? It's really a statement about attitude. I think religion kills faith a lot of times in challenging situations because we want to have a positive attitude, we want to have a bold attitude, we want to have an eager spe- expectation, and then we, we hamstring ourselves by asking questions like, well, but is this the right thing? Is this the thing that God would want, etc.? And what I see in Scripture is that when people behaved a little bit inappropriately but boldly around Jesus, he just loved it. He just loved it, right? When the kids came to him inappropriately and all his assistants were like, no, 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 don't bother the rabbi. He was, no, 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 the kingdom belongs to those such as these. Why did he say that? Because kids just have no filter, right? They are inappropriate, all the time. They see something good, and they're just like, mine, you know? And, and that, more than religion, approximates an attitude of faith. You know, when I use the word religion, I mean like being obsessed that God is going to get mad at you. That's what I mean. No, I mean, God is eager for you, you know, just like we are eager for children. We don't care so much that they get everything right. They're kids. We care that they don't do things that harm them, that's why Jesus cares about sin. But, you know, the rest of it, we got lots of, of grace for them. Or uh, the very sick woman, the woman that had been bleeding for 12 years, the hemorrhaging woman in Mark chapter 5. You know the story? You know, she had gone to doctors. They couldn't help her. She was a social pariah because when a woman was bleeding, they couldn't go out in public. They were considered ceremonially unclean. So this woman hears that Jesus is passing through town. And she sneaks out of her house 
contaminating the crowd around her with her uncleanness, doing everything wrong socially and religiously. And she sneaks up behind Jesus in a crowd, and she touches him. And in that culture, women did not touch men, and, and, and unclean women certainly did not touch holy men and rabbis, but she did everything inappropriate. And Jesus feels the power come out of him, and she's healed immediately. And he turns around and says, who touched me? And eventually they, they find that it was her, this inappropriate woman. And it says she was terrified as she told Jesus the story. She was terrified because she felt like she was probably going to get in trouble. The crowd had every right to stone her because she had broken a lot of laws. But you know what Jesus says? He says, woman, your faith has healed you. That is freaking awesome. Look it up in the Greek. It says freaking awesome. <laughs> right there. Why? It was attitude, right? I mean, she, she kind of got a lot of things wrong, but she decided not to care. It's like, no, God could still do something awesome here. And she went for it, and she made a connection with Jesus, and it changed everything. Attitude, right? faith attitude. And that's the thing that Jesus was trying to underscore and make plain uh, in, in his ministry. Attitude. I have a great attitude of resolve. That's something I'm very strong at. You know, I make up my mind to do something. I make up my mind that something is the right thing to do. And I'm a pit bull. I lock on and you cannot shake me off. It's a good word for me. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much unshakable. As, as human beings go. But I'm not always optimistic and upbeat. I know, this is a shock to people who know me well. I can be a little bit pessimistic. And so, you know, what I'm good at is that sort of grim resolve. Uh, you know, when Jesus and the disciples uh, were on their way to Jerusalem toward the end of Jesus' ministry, and, and the disciples were talking to Jesus, saying, you know, don't go there. They'll kill you. The religious leaders, they don't like you. And Jesus said, nope, I'm going to go, and I told you I was going to die anyway. Don't worry, it's going to be fine. God is going to do something great through this. But the disciples don't get it, and they're like, no, no, no. And then Thomas, one of my favorite disciples, stands up, and you know what he says? You know the stories? He said, well, guys, let's go with him that we might die also. He's my man. I love that guy. It's like, yes. Thomas and I, we would have hung out. We would have shared a pint now and then and just commiserated, you know? It's like, that's, that's almost a faith attitude, you know? And I feel like that's where I live personally most of the time. I'm like, I'm like almost there, you know? Life has, has taught me the value of grim resolve. I think life taught Thomas the same thing. I think if Thomas, instead of saying, well, fine then, Jesus, I'm in this far, I'm going to go with you and get killed too. Whee, let's go. Instead of saying that, if he would have said, I don't understand, but listen, Jesus, we're with you all the way, man. Just, just a subtle shift, right? It's hard to define that shift, but you all feel it, right? That's faith. That's faith attitude in that moment. And maybe if Thomas had managed to get there, he wouldn't have run away with the other disciples when the stuff hit the fan during crucifixion week. That's what I'm thinking. Faith is that thing that always looks for the path of blessing. Uh, you know, it's, it's not faith in some specific outcome necessarily. 
You know, I don't know if what I try is always going to work out as I want it to specifically, but I do try to believe that no matter what, God will insinuate blessing into the circumstance. He's creative. He's creative. He doesn't need for my outcomes to come out perfectly in order to bless my life or to bless your life. So faith is always looking for that path of blessing. More than anything else, I think faith is a power attitude or an empowerment attitude. That's how I think of it. Faith says, no, whatever the situation, we have power, you have power, you're not helpless or hopeless, you can be sad if you have to, because life can be like that sometime, but don't be scared ever. Fear is the opposite of faith. Faith empowers, it empowers miracles, it empowers love, it empowers righteous behavior. Um, selfishness and sinfulness are always powered by fear in some way, shape, or form. Um, stick with me here, but I think the most you think about Jesus, the way he lived, was the attitude uh, that, that he shared. So uh, a few scriptures uh, about that, some on the back of your program. John 5, let's just illustrate this a little bit. Um, it's the second scripture on your program. I'll put it up here on, on the big board. Now, there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. So they're describing it because, uh, you know, all the Jews that read this and have been to Jerusalem would have known the place. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Uh, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years, so he really hadn't been able to move for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Dumb question. There's only one obvious answer. But what is Jesus doing here? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So the lore was that when an angel stirred the water, if you got into it first, you would be healed. So it was a little bit mythical and a little bit competitive. All right? Not really sound theology. But Jesus walks into the situation and thinks, nonetheless, people at least should have faith if they're here. You know, They should have a, an empowering attitude. Uh, in other words, and, and uh, Jesus asked this guy a question, and the guy says, well, look, I'm helpless, and nobody's helping me. It's an attitude of disempowerment, obviously. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. You know, he doesn't just say, well, I'll heal you here. He says, do something. And the guy is shocked into a miraculous healing. As it, as it turned out, that uh, once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. I threw that in at the end because that's the religious attitude that just sucks all the faith attitude out of the room. That's wrong. You can't be cured that way. And yet a miracle has happened, you know. I would describe this whole story in one phrase, attitude adjustment. You know, 
Jesus shows up and he says, you know, we ought to be able to do something cool here today. I got a lot of sick and injured people in front of me. I'm Jesus. This is kind of my wheelhouse. And goes up to a guy and, and I don't know what the interaction is exactly, but Jesus just kind of sees on him poor attitude, which is understandable. He's been an invalid for 38 years. He's suffered. He's been discouraged. He's been disappointed. But before Jesus can do anything, he has to adjust attitude. Hey, you want to get well? What do you think Jesus' tone was in this interaction? Scolding? Stern? I don't know, man. I wish I were there because I think I would have learned a lot by the feel of it. I think it was dripping with attitude. Hey, you! Hey, you want to get well? Uh, yeah, it hasn't worked out for me very much. Let me, let me, let me give you my medical history. Shh! Stand up. You know, and I, I can't do it really well necessarily, but I think you, you could, could catch Jesus' attitude, I think, if, if you were there. That's what I read into the story because there are so many stories like this in Scripture. Mark 4, uh, 37 through 40, this is a story about uh, the disciples and Jesus. They were in a boat on a stormy sea. You know, a lot of us know this story. Uh, Jesus is... Uh, resting in the back of the boat. He's kind of sleeping through the storm. And the other disciples, uh, a lot of whom were fishermen, were freaking out. They thought that the, the storm was going to swamp them and they would drown. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Which is a statement dripping with attitude, right? You could see them waking Jesus up and saying, Jesus, wake up. It's an emergency. Or Jesus, wake up. We don't want you to get hurt. Jesus, wake up. Here's a bucket. But instead, they were like, Lord, you don't care about us. <laughs> Dripping with attitude, right? Dripping with disempowering attitude. And he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Yo, shut up. Attitude. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Another stupid question. Why are you so afraid? Worst storm we'd ever seen. We were an inch from death. That's why we were so afraid. But Jesus isn't asking about the storm, is he? He said, no, no, no. Why are you guys afraid? Don't you know better? Do you still have no faith? He says, he said, look, 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 look. I can understand how a fierce storm on an open sea is disturbing. But don't you realize by now that the solution to such things is faith and not fear? Don't, don't you guys get it? Because you've been walking around with me and you've seen me do this attitude thing wherever I go. You know, it wasn't saying, why, do, why are storms scary? He was saying, why don't you guys, my deputies of faith attitude, know yet the power of faith attitude? And we could go on and on. I talked about the woman sneaking up behind Jesus in Mark 5. The woman at the well, we talked about that story in a sermon not too long ago. Jesus is in Samaria in kind of foreign territory where a bunch of heretics lived. And uh, according to the Jews and Jesus 
is at a well alone with a Samaritan woman, which is very inappropriate because Jews didn't talk to Samaritans and men didn't talk to women and men were not alone with women uh, in that conservative culture. All these things were wrong. And Jesus says to the woman, hey, fetch me a drink from the well, would you? And the woman says, why do you, a Jew, ask me for a drink? That's all I'm going to tell you from the story. Uh, you probably know how it ends up. She ends up coming to believe in Jesus. He declares himself the Messiah. She goes back, evangelizes her ent entire village. You know, she's like the first great missionary of the Gospels. Um, but the way it started was with Jesus bringing some attitude. It's like, I don't really care what society says. Let's hang out. And it shocked her in that first moment of interaction. And I think that that shock led to everything else. From the get-go, she knew that Jesus just had an attitude. He, he was counterculture in every which way. All these stories speak to me of the attitude, the shocking attitude, the empowering attitude, the otherworldly attitude that Jesus brought to every situation. That was his secret weapon, if you will. That was faith. He shared a lot about faith. He shared about why you should believe in a good God, but he shared faith as well. And that's, that's kingdom power. He brought attitude to the world. The world is so afraid. Everyone is scared. Everyone is scared of rejection or scared of loneliness or failure. Everyone's scared of being ashamed, uh, of being found out and scared of losing what they have, of, of pain, or they're scared of dying, or they're afraid of never getting what they want, or they're scared of letting someone down. Everybody in the world is scared. Faith is the antidote. That's why we're light. We can move in the spirit of not so scared. That's what we can do. That's what we can do that I don't think anybody else can do quite so well, certainly not as broadly as, as we can. Faith is the antidote. Faith is courage with just a pinch of positive expectation. You know? Hebrews uh, chapter 1 calls it the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen, which is a great poetic phrase. I think the reason that faith is often described with these poetic phrases is because really what we're trying to get at is an attitude. You know, not a super technical definition, but, you know, it's, it's substantial. It's a substance of things that don't exist yet. It's got, it's got some positive expectation in it. Mostly it's boldness. I'm going to be bold, and I'm going to hope. I'm not going to be depressed and, and try to pretend my way into thinking that my life won't change so I don't have to try. Faith attitude. Faith is not mood, and faith is not emotion. Mood and emotion can play into it, but it would be wrong to define faith as an emotion or a mood. We don't share mood. We don't share emotions necessarily. Attitude is, is a little bit different than that. Attitude is an approach to things, an angle to things. Uh, emotions help, but they're, they're, they're different than that. I can do great acts of faith without a lot of emotion. In fact, if you know me, that's pretty much the only way I can do great acts of faith. Am I right? Just not... Uh, you know, great at expressing, expressing emotions. I can't hype to save my life. But I can really bring a lot of attitude, right? I can, and, and 
I've seen great miracles. Some of you have as well. I've seen people stand up out of wheelchairs, seen cancer get healed. I've seen deaf ears get open. I've done all of this stuff. Uh, what I've learned over the years is that it starts with changing the atmosphere of bringing an attitude of power. Yeah, you want to get well. All right, then, here we are. And even in that tone, I've conveyed something, something of the kingdom of God. I've conveyed that I am not afraid and that I expect some blessing to happen. Um, why do I believe that? Well, that's another story. And we can get to that. But first, I'm going to share my faith. Um, truth will help. Truth will anchor it. But, you know, God could empower something great here. What tools do you have to share your faith attitude? Uh, well, you're already a master at all of these tools, so they're almost not worth talking about. You know how to share attitude. You all do it instinctively. If you have a crappy attitude, you know how to communicate that attitude, don't you? Every, yes? Was that an amen? Yeah, you, you know this. Everybody instinctively knows it. That person at work who is definitely not you, who comes into the office on Monday morning and spreads attitude, that's negative. That person instinctively knows what to do. Uh, and you do as well. The only thing that matters is the attitude that you've decided to share, the attitude in which uh, you've decided to move. But, you know, tone is a big attitude-sharing tool. You know, uh, research says this, that what people remember about personal, interpersonal interactions is, is chiefly not what is said, but the tone in which it is said and the body language uh, that is used while it is being said. I got that right, honey? Because she's reminding me of this all the time. It's like, did you not listen to what I said? Well, the way you said it was dot, 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 insert argument here. Um, because I'm not very good at tone. I'm not very good at, at body language unless I, unless I engage. I'm getting better. And look, she's giving me some, some faith attitude there. Thank you, honey. 25 years of marriage, and we're like just almost there, yeah. <laughs> Tone and posture. Well, you know, words are powerful, but it's mostly the style of words that you use. There is a big difference between complaint and affirmation. There you go. Just think about that. Am I going to complain or am I going to affirm? You know, goodness. Uh, 80% of interactive problems can be cleaned up just by thinking uh, in those terms, I think. Behaviors are a big one. Who was it, Andy, that said, you know, I'm going to step out on faith. I'm going to do things that, that demonstrate faith. You know, actions speak louder than words. It's been a truism for most of human history, and it is a truism today as well. I think love helps a lot to show faith. <gasps> surprise, surprise. But when you love a person and you manifest loving that person, then it's pretty easy to convey faith attitude. And I, and I don't know what, what brings what. Most of the time, I don't know if love brings faith or faith brings love. But that attitude that says, I see you, right? This is, this is important to me, which we're, what we're doing right here. Um, I, I think there are good things going on in you. I'm here with you. Is that faith or is that love? Yes, they almost can't exist without one another. But just, just demonstrating love helps a lot. You know, 
Just demonstrate love with faith. A lot of times when we want to love someone, what do we do? We, we sympathize, which is nice, which is nice. You know, somebody comes into the office and said, my life sucks. And you say, I can understand how your life sucks. I mean, that's, that's a great uh, first step, but that's not faith yet. You know, faith is the thing that says, and God can do something great here. There is a pathway to blessing in this situation. And what people need in the world, by and large, is not just sympathy. They need sympathy uh, with faith. And that will bring change uh, to, to any life. Of course, ultimately, it does matter what you believe in. You know, truth counts. There are a lot of people in the non-believing world who understand that faith is powerful. That when you have faith, when you have confidence, which literally means, you know, confide, with faith, uh, that you do better than, than when you don't have faith. But ultimately, it does matter what you believe in. So this isn't just a sermon about positive attitude, <laughs> you know. It's about faith, but it's the power of, of Jesus' faith. Faith releases power for sure, uh, but the power that comes from God you know, the God that works with us, that guides us, is the power that we want to release into in, the world. That's the God that ultimately will give us life again. If it gave us life in the first place. And that truth counts for a lot. Um, what you believe in, I think ultimately is what you bring into the world. It's what you release into the world. Uh, ultimately. So if you believe in yourself, which can be powerful, can make a big difference in lives, but if you believe in yourself, you will bring yourself into the world, which is great if the self that you're bringing into the world is the true you whom God designed. It's not so great if the self that you're bringing into the world is a twisted version of you that you cobbled together yourself. You know, I see a lot of, let's just say, celebrities who are moving with great faith and confidence in life, and they are bringing belief in themselves into the world, but the self that they're releasing into the world, you know, I look at it and I think, I don't think that's healing the world. I think actually that might be screwing up the world, but they're releasing it. Now, I want to release a different me. You know, I want to have a lot of belief in me, you know, but hopefully the godly me or the God with me or the Holy Spirit in me, that me, that's the one that I want to release in the world. And having discovered that me, I'm going to release it with great faith, with a ton of attitude, you know, because that's my calling. That's what, that's what I do in the world. And hopefully the more I get that me released, uh, the more empowering and healing that will be for everyone around me. The more order I will bring to the earth. Now, that's the ministry of the kingdom of God right there. That's what I want to be about. What you believe in counts. What you have faith in counts for a lot. But I want you to understand that you've got to share the faith. You've got to share uh, the attitude. Uh, today, you know, however... However twisted up you think you are, 
however um, fearful you would be to release yourself into the world, um, however twisted up you think your life is, faith in God means that something great could happen here, right here, today. Something great could happen for you. Be totally changed in a moment, you know. I just looked you in the eye and said, stop it. Get up out of it. Walk differently. You got this. Would you believe me? That's kind, of what we, that's kind of what we do, right? When I say, hey, get up and share some attitude. That's really the ministry of, of the people of God. So uh, I'll play today. Uh, let's just begin to wrap up this way. Who, um, you know, I'm not going to ask for specifics, uh, but who here feels like, yeah, I'm a little twisted up, or my life is a little twisted up, and I could use some faith. You know, I could use some faith in the right thing. No specifics, but, you know, if that's you, if you feel like your attitude is just a bit twisted up, just go ahead and, and raise your hand for 10 seconds. Go ahead and raise it up. Raise it up. Hi. Hold it there for, for 10 seconds. And uh, look around. Look around the people that are raising their hands up. Here's some attitude. Raise it up boldly. Come on. Raise it up boldly, because we're going to do a free attitude adjustment. It's like a free uh, chiropractic session right here, but it's a chiropractic for, for the spirit. So those of you who are around, we did this already once today. We shared some attitude. So you blue water veterans that are around these people, keep them up. You can do it. I believe you're strong enough. Uh, just gather around these people. Don't ask them what the deal is. Do not ask them what the deal is. Just put your hand on their shoulder and bless them with attitude. Because, and believe me when I say this, people, your attitude is contagious. It is the most contagious thing about you. This is us sharing faith, which is the most fundamental ministry we have. Go. You got 60 seconds. Make it happen. Yeah, get on it. Nobody's around you. There's nothing stopping you from getting up and walking over and saying, I love you. That'll do it. And if... Uh, any of the prophets have uh, words or things to share? Come up and tell me now. I, I'm not really hearing a lot of attitude. Share faith. Not propriety, not politeness. Faith is always a little shocking. All right, now you ask for a response. The person who is receiving the ministry has to say something with attitude right now. Thank you is acceptable, but 
Say something positive, something big. I bless that sarcasm. All right, guys. Uh, th thanks for playing. All right, stand with me and we'll dismiss. Unto bigger and better things. Father, I pray that you would uh, move us forward this week uh, into faith and to sharing faith, into being salt and light in our workplaces, our classrooms, our neighborhoods, our homes, wherever we are, Lord. I pray that the attitude we're spreading would be the faith attitude that we're called to spread. I pray, Lord, that you would make us a people of faith, not people who believe the right things, but people who move with the right attitude and approach, that we always take the Jesus angle to things, that you would stretch out your hand over us and release the miracles and release the salvation, the restoration. In Jesus' name we pray, everybody says. Amen. Bless you.